You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. This is your boy Almaga. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. Wow, episode 371. We have an amazing return guest. Me and homie here got a fire project that's dropping next month, November, from Titan Comics. I mean, call it Cthulhu, baby. A call to Cthulhu. Wow, but beautiful art, great story. I'm t- I-, I-, I think that this guy could be the next Nas if he allowed himself from the UK, you know? Let me introduce this amazing animator, illustrator, artist, creator, the man, the one, the only. Yeah. You baby, how are you doing? I, I didn't recognize myself from your uh, description. <laughs> <laughs> like, who the hell is this guy? Like, yeah. Yeah, I got the wrong, I got the wrong day, haven't I? <laughs> nah, well, you're amazing. Thank you for coming back, brother. I mean, we spoke uh, a while back, you know, on your last project. And uh, I'm happy, you know, when I learned that in England, a garage is called a garage. And uh, I was confused for a little bit. Yeah, I love that. We, we talked for an hour and that was your number one takeaway. Oh, but I mean, no, no, listen, I mean, your project was fire. But that one thing is like, okay. Well, I mean that stuck with me. Like, okay, I got I got to be, be mindful of what other people call things <laughs> and listen with intent and not be confused. Anyway, with that, brother, how you been since the last time, man? Talk about them project. Like, what you what you've been doing since the last time you came on? Don't get into this baby yet, but I mean, how you been and navigating the the comic book world, if you will? Oh, navigating the comic book world. Well, I'm I'm uh, when I spoke to you, I was a complete beginner. That was my first. First book that must have been what, a year and a half ago, I guess I spoke to you. And since then, I've been doing more of the con scene over here in the UK. And I've had one, two, I don't know how many books I've had out since. Call of Cthulhu, which was my second book, which I self published originally as the one we're going to talk about, picked up by Titan. Mm-hmm. And then in the spring, I have a self published one, Downlands, and I've just finished a Kickstarter for. The space between the trees as well. Oh, look at you, man! You, you no, know, I, I, I've been prolific. I'm hoping to burn out soon so I can take a rest. Uh, I love this though that you you continue. So how how? All right, so talk about that that Kickstarter. Was that your first Kickstarter? The the junction was the the first oh, book that came on. Yeah, so right. I did that. that was the one I did during the pandemic. That's right, in yeah. good timing, and so that got picked up by Titan. That was my first. Properly published as well as first self-published book. Been um, with Titan. How do you even? Wait a minute. I gotta know this bochinche here. The story, the gossip, rather. How did you hook up with Titan to begin with? I mean, what what happened there after that Junction project? How you guys hooked up? How did we hook up on the Junction? It was. I don't know if I told the story the first time around, but well, it was, you know, it was a tricky time for everything. The pandemic then. And so I'd send the junction, I'd, I'd self-publish, you know, did all right on the Kickstarter and everything. That was fine. And I sent it out as a PDF to different places that were taking submissions and got nothing back. No, you know, you got the sound of tumbleweeds going. <laughs> one, one place was good enough to send me a very nice rejection email. But uh, other than that, there was nothing. And, and you know, we were doing a response. All right. <laughs> no response at all 
And so we were going in and out of lockdowns at the time. So I thought, you know, what, I'm just going to leave this aside and wait till this period is over and maybe try again once, you know, the dust has settled. And Titan contacted me. And it was a strange coincidence, which I will take, is that someone I used to work with, Tom Baker, I'll give you a shout out. You won't get many of those. <laughs> he, he was one of my backers on Junction. And he discovered that his next door neighbor in London was the commissioning editor for Titan. Oh. So he showed him the book. Wonderful. And that, that's how I got in the door. <laughs> so well, it's just a weird coincidence, but, you know, you, you take them when you can get them. All right. So you did that campaign. You say you did another one. So what, what lessons did you learn from the first to the next that you applied on the, on the most recent? Wow. Well, it's always the no matter how much time you think you're going to have to spend on actually handling the Kickstarter, not just promoting it, but when you have to fulfill it and ship it out to everyone, is that whatever, however much you spend, good feedback sound there, you're going to spend at least twice as much time than you ever envisioned on it, just in that part of the project. Not, not making the book, but promoting it fulfilling it, it takes at least twice as long as you you have it in your head, or at least in my head. Okay, so you thought it was, okay, I get my books, I pack them up an X amount of time and do what I got to do with the promos, and, and no, no, just no. <laughs> Ever, never-ending project. And you, and you can see why, you know, the more successful, you know, like mine, mine are successful enough, you know, I get, you know, hundreds of backers, not thousands, but you can see the people that get, have the really popular Kickstarters, you can see why they get fulfillment companies and that to do that portion of the project for them because you know, see, it's, an individual is going to have to take a month out of their life just to pack and ship stuff. Oh man, so t- basically, you were just eating those and bangers and mash all day as you were packing with one hand, you know, poor guy. I, ha- I haven't completely gone that British that I'm eating. (laughs) Not yet, Al. He goes, hold up, Al. Not yet. (laughs) Love it, love it. All right. I mean, like, I put this screen up here because behind this, my studio is literally, like, it's basically a warehouse. It's boxes, boxes of books, you know, four books in varying stages of things. And I, I just did a small convention this past weekend, and then I've got London Comic Con this coming weekend. Are you doing a thought bubble as well? Yes, I'm doing thought bubble after morning. So I've got three. I have three cons in four weeks. My man Johnny Hughes from outside the panel is going to be at thought bubble. I'll make sure that Miss Byer says hello. All right, so I got. I gotta know. I don't normally get to ask these questions to understand the comic book con, if you will, or mark, as Johnny refers to them. out there, so you know what you know. How how different are those cons from American cons? They any different? Is it smaller, bigger? What's the what, what's the like the energy like? It's it's hard for me to say because I've never done an American, even Canadian con. No, 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 never. Oh. I grew up in the middle of the countryside in Canada and then moved moved out here, so I never did a con. Oh. Uh, yeah. But e- even within the UK scene, they're ve- they can be very different. When you say Comic Mart, I'm thinking of places that everyone's selling back issues. It's more oh. of a buyer-seller sort of thing. They, they have, have some of that. Oh, 
part. Um, I, I have seen them in the past. I haven't seen them recently. I don't know if it's another thing that the you know pandemic seems to have killed a lot of things that were going for years, and then there was a couple year break, and a lot of things. Improved. And who knows if those people that were running were the ones that passed? Rest in peace, and stuff. <laughs> but even within you know the cons for creators, there's a huge difference. Thought Bubble is my favorite because it's literally an indie comic festival. It's all about, it's all about the comics. There's not much cosplay. No. But, you know, there's like 300 creators under one roof. Ooh. So it's a, ma- it's a massive deal. So uh, you told me that Johnny needs to take a high-profile camera and take a lot of footage because he's going to be meeting a whole bunch of amazing creators, huh? It is, it is huge for creators. I think it's the biggest one for creators. I got to get a passport and make my way over there, Norm. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great, yeah, that's, a, that's a great festival. And, and then the Comic-Con is run by the same people who do the New York Con. Okay. It's the same, same team. So it's, I think it's very similar in that way. It, it's a, a lot of merchandise. There's a lot of manga. You know, there's different sections. And it's huge. It's in the Excel Center in London, you know, however many football fields worth of stuff. And then the, I'm, in, I'm in the Artist Alley with other people, which is only a small, small part of the whole convention. And the cosplay is huge at that one. Yeah. So I think it's very much from what I've seen in the New York. You were at the New York one, weren't you? And you were doing, doing stuff. So it looked very similar. Yeah, man. I love that New York con. A lot of fun. A lot of great people. That artist, Ali. I love to see how busy it actually was. To see people speaking with creators and all, you know, and showing that love. And talking to publishers on the on the main floor. There was a lot of indie publishers there, so those aisles and booths were busy. So yeah. I love seeing that energy. Uh, people are, I think, so much more accepting of independent comic books nowadays, and I, and I love it. You know what I mean? And I, I think my impression, I can't put hand on heart and say this is true, I think Americans are bigger comic buyers yeah. than the UK crowd. Yes. A lot of people saying, you know, you do New, New York, you, you're going to make huge number of sales a lot of people buying buying but of course the problem for anyone over here is the expense of going ship. to new obviously and then yeah getting books shit properly yeah i get it man you guys gotta struggle so you guys are way different in how you guys even read and collect yeah uh, than what we do for sure but of course if you come here we'll make sure you get spoiled immediately oh okay thank you <laughs> You know, no, no, no one will be walking around with a whole bunch of boxes and real books, you know, smelling the print from the 70s. Like, good year, good year. Don't get high on that stuff. All right. So let's get into this baby right here that we got dropping. And folks, look, this book is called A Caught to Cthulhu. All right. It was originally published by Homie, picked up by Titan. It is dropping on sale November 14th. Now, let's take a little sneak peek. Inside, oh man, look at that cover, man. Look at that color usage, too, kiddo. What? Talk to me about this cover, bro. Well, this this whole project was this is this is the shortest thing I've ever done. You know, it's for between forty and fifty pages, isn't it? And it was done to take a break from more hardcore graphic novel. I was working on this other one, Downlands, which is like three hundred pages. And let, let's see if the girl found that. That's what she said. Let's let's see the, how, how fat that baby is. Oh yeah, there, there it is. So it's, it's oh. 300 pages, 
we we actually we had to actually print it smaller than we wanted to because it was too heavy to ship. <laughs> really? So, but it was while doing that, you know, you're working on one project for so long, you get kind of burnt out on it. So I wanted to do something that was a little bit more fun, a little less structured than a pure graphic novel. So this is how this came apart because I was cleaning out. I was trying to avoid work, so I was cleaning out a bookshelf, and I found some old, really old paperbacks I have from the eighties. Oh look! Oh man, I remember those. Yeah, look yeah. at that cover art too, bro. They're all disembodied eyes. All the covers have disembodied eyes somewhere. So I had a few of those, and then next to it, because I'd taken it from the kids because they no longer wanted it, I had a box set of Dr. Seuss. The kids, don't you love that when we take our kids' shit back because they don't want it? And then you try to claim it. Listen, Norm, make <laughs> you repeat to them every day, this is mine. You threw it out, remember? All right? Because my daughter was trying to claim things on me. I'm like, nah, baby, you threw it in the garbage, and I picked it out the garbage myself. <laughs> that, that, was, that was going in the charity shop pile to be donated. So uh, You said no charity. It's going to the charity. Oh, of Daddy needs some new books. Yeah. And so I saw that that, and I started flicking through the Lovecraft and, and I thought, you know, I'd just like to do some illustrations based on this. Okay. Just for a bit of fun. And then it slowly went from a handful of illustrations to what it eventually became, which is sort of a children's book, not for children. No, it's not. But it is funny, man. Let me tell you, once you get to the end, folks, you're going to be chuckling like a mother because there was some, sh- oh, man, I was dying. But throughout, too, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, 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 I feel this, the, the characters, how they're shown, or at least uh, or written, a very New York thing. They're, you know, on this, this is funny. Again, you got to get me here. Like, it's, it's a very New York vibe for me. And I was reading this in the interactions. and They're using the accent as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was gay. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, you know what? This is like me having an interaction on the train with some people. <laughs> this is what I felt like, but I was digging it. I mean, and it is in the artistry too. The, the, the cult. You talk to me, man. I mean, where were you digging deep at too? Because this is Lovecraft, and as we were talking in the green room, I mean, Lovecraft, an amazing uh, creator, but of course, you know, by today's standards, full of issues. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and. <laughs> Yeah, he he was, you know, a raging racist, really. I guess that's the only way you can put it, you know. And I don't know, there's also, there was also problematic in my mind when I first started doing it is like, should I be doing Lovecraft at all, considering kind of human being he was? But I'm also not a a fan of canceling something entirely. What I'd like to see is, you know, we can look at someone's work, but we also have to make sure that you know about the person behind behind it, which is I have at the at the end of the book, I discuss his his issues. And then also the other fact is because it's in the public domain, no money's going to his Yeah. Yeah. To his, his legacy or, or his estate, if you will. Yeah, you know, no, so, no, there's no monetary value for towards that. So it was it was tricky at first, but then once I got into it, I thought, you know, as long as I highlight the problems, I think we're you know we're fine here. 
Yeah, no, but you spoke again, again. Yeah, he may have other issues, but again, he created a lot of cool shit at the end of the day. You know, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I myself like to separate the, 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 the art and the artist, if you will, sometimes, you know? Because yeah. again, sometimes, you know, a great work like this shouldn't suffer because of who the creator was, especially if it's a great idea. You know what I mean? Well, sadly, you know, again, right? Art, art, god damn it. <laughs> It's wild. But again, talking about art, look at these pages right here, bro. What? Hey, you, you, you've chosen the few comic pages because it is a mix of comic and storybooks. It starts off as a comic and segs into storybook and then comes back as a comic to tie up the tale. And it's beautiful, though. Here comes an example of kind of the story. Oh, man, look at that, yo. That is so fire. <laughs> Dude. But it, it was just so nice to just, I can do a single illustration or a single story, not worry about how it works. Where so, were you at in your headspace, though, for this particular image? This is gorgeous, man. I dig this a lot. I feel like that's me when I'm working on the computer all day. <laughs> that's fire, dude. Is that your cat that you put in the background there? What's going on? We don't have any cats around here, so we have an allergy in the house, so no cats. Oh, man, that sucks. Dude, look at this amazing tattoo. I mean, art. <laughs> this is a cat, though. Look at Are you ever considered being a tattoo artist? Because this is fire right there. No, I haven't. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to make more people a tattoo artist by the end of this show. He's going to be doing tattoos at Thought Bubble or some other convention eventually one of these days. <laughs> Yeah, well, I did like for because unfortunately I've got a little bit of arthritis in my fingers. Hmm. I work entirely digitally, and because there's very little pressure you need to to use. Okay. But also, when I'm at a convention, I don't want to be sketching in the books because I might be having a bad arthritis day. So I did all these. I do rubber stamps. Okay. That I put, rubber stamps. Like you know, just it's an I have an image of Cthulhu. Uh huh. Which I stamp, you know, ink pad and, and stamp in the book. And the number of people then who, after having a stamp in the book, rolled up their sleeve and said, Can you stamp my arm? <laughs> oh, shit, really? <laughs> Look at you, he's a rock star. No one was a rock star. He is stamping human bodies, folks. Yeah, well, there, that's as close as I've got to tattooing someone. So they washed off their next shower. That's some rock star shit, though. But again, you know, what headspace did you get into for even this type of image? Where were you at when you were illustrating this? I mean, this is... Maybe maybe, maybe it's a frightening insight into my mind. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Norm is a scary man, then. Please don't eat the... the you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. He, that means he's evolving more into the European sense now. And once he eats the bangers and mash, then this is the life he lived. Well, this <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Look at this, yo! Oof, oof, yo! And yo. what I like, what I like also like about Lovecraft is, you know, it, it's not his writing style. He's a bit, he's very heavy to read. He, sometimes it's quite a slog to get through it. But his descriptions of things can be quite nebulous, and you can you've got quite a bit of freedom as to where you go with his creations. He he hasn't been entirely too specific. And I'm sure some real H.P. Lovecraft fans are going to take exception to the way I've interpreted a couple of things. I always do. I'll, I'll wait for Twitter for that. 
Yeah, let's go X now, right? You know, but listen, I think they're going to appreciate overall because, again, you, you know, I think this is a gorgeous book. The way it flows, story-wise and artistically, it, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful. You said it's one of your shortest projects. I mean, how how quick did you do this, or did you because you knew it was a short project? You know, page-wise, did you kind of meticulously t- want to take your time with it? I flew through this. this he goes, so I banged it out, baby. <laughs> because it, it was fun. It, you know, it, the the lack of structure compared to a full-scale graphic novel was just so nice just to go, you know, through quickly, piece by piece. And the problem is if I spend too long on an illustration, I tend to ruin it. I sort of, I sort of put a, a time limit in my head. Really? What about that? on it or otherwise i overcomplicate it and i over it's just i overwork i can overwork things let's talk about that i love this piece right here this would make a great poster even a t-shirt right but all right so you're talking about putting a time limit on yourself when you were working on this particular piece if you will what what where did you place yourself at time-wise to get it done before you went nuts well my the way i work is in kind of two stages because the main structure is drawn in Illustrator. And it's all vector artwork. So that gives you all the, the sharp lines and everything that you see here. So that's my one stage. And I will, on an illustration like this, I'll probably set myself an hour and a half to two hours mm-hmm. to, to get that section done. And it's not that section where I tend to overwork it's the next bit where I go to Photoshop and I take, I have a library of paint swatches that I've done and then scanned in and digitized, which I layer in Photoshop to give it the textures and the the more painted look. And that is the period where I could sit there and I keep putting more layers on and more layers on (laughs) uh, until it's, it's muddy and, and, and ruined. But I mean, the great thing about Photoshop, you work in layers, you can start stripping those layers off. But I'd rather not get to the point where I've, I'm going to have to go backwards. I, I do it all the time where I like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing with this point, And I just take, chuck all the Photoshop layers off and start from scratch again. You sound like a friend of mine when he's doing video stuff on the, you know, in the Adobe programs. And he just starts digging in and just playing and finding new tools. Like, oh, my God, bro. It, when, is this ever going to be ready? <laughs> Please, bro, I need it. Yeah, well, th- this is dope, man. Check it out. Exactly. Look. Cthulhu, visually stunning take on HP's classic tale by my man right here, Noam Kanye. This book is dropping November 14th, all right? So make sure you go visit your local comic shop today, right? And tell them you want this on your pull. Hey, listen, it. even if, if it's not for you, guess what's around the corner? Christmas. Well, we Latino like to say crema. Right, so it's right around the corner, a great stocking stuff. So start thinking about wonderful gifts. I think this is definitely, uh, I think this is my first add to the comic book series comic book Christmas list to add as a stocking stuff. Because it is a beautiful book. It's a fun read by an amazing creator. Because once you read this, let me tell you, you're going to start doing a deep dive into the world of the Kanyeverse on some real shit. If you don't believe me, then go follow him on Instagram and Twitter or X, all right, at Norm Kanyu, that's N-O-R-M-K-O-N-Y-U, at Blue Sky as well, you know, 
www.norkanyu.bsky.social and visit his website, baby, mooseboy.co.uk. I love saying that. Mooseboy. Sounds gangster, man. The illest superhero is coming out the UK ramming everybody. That was going to happen. Be more of a Canadian superhero, I think. Oh, well, we're we're just, we, we don't move, have any pieces around here. You move, you move, so you, you could do a story of, of, of a moose that, that, that landed in, in, in the UK out of nowhere, you know, and he's changing the game over there. You know what I mean? He's the new guy on the block. <laughs> Love it. So what else is in store for the Kanye worth? I mean, outside of this wonderful book that's dropping in November. Well, boy. So I've got the two that I've crowdfunded this this year available on my website. There's my little... Hey, I'm right there. Hey, right there, folks. You better stop picking that up. Look at him already pitching. I love it. Yeah, there, there we go. They're, they're there. And I don't know. I've kind of... The tank is fairly empty at the moment after four books in three years, I think. But I'll see what come, comes up around the corner that way. And, you know, we still have to do a day job as well, so. I hear you, man. You and me both, my brother. Just repeat, you know, do you know your booth numbers for the conventions that you will be attending in the UK so folks know to visit you? Or- they, the only one I, I've memorized is, because people are asking me today, is London Comic Con this weekend. I am in Artist Alley at D5. That's D for Donald. There you go. D, Delta, the number five, baby. Check out our man, Norm. So are you going to be carrying a nice amount of inventory so people are going to be taking wonderful books now? I hope so, and I hope they buy the books because they're always heavy to bring back after a convention. Please help our indie career, you know, avoid back problems, my friend. Yeah, it's important, man. I mean, we, we want them to survive and be healthy, right? So, you know, them lugging them boxes back and forth is not fun. So when they arrive, make sure that they're empty when they leave, all right? There's nothing more pathetic than a comic book artist with a hernia. Ah, you know, a poor guy. And this is why most of them can't get up sometimes off their seat. You can't blame them. It is our fault for not buying that stuff. How dare us not so amazing creators, right? <laughs> I love no, I'm you're amazing, but I, I I dig the energy. Thank you for not teaching me any new uh, English words I could tease you on today. Yeah, uh, so you're trying to get a rise out of me there with the uh, bangers and <laughs> I was pushing. I was pushing. <laughs> you will try this today, apparently. No, let me stop. All right, but no, for real, folks, I'm gonna say it one more time. You gotta pick up this book from the amazing Titan Comics. All right, amazing label. They they printed one of my favorite heroes of all time right now, Conan. Yeah. Conan, they got Conan. It dims up, you know what I mean? And then they bring in a whole bunch of other stuff with the Brave Universe and all these amazing other things. And of course, they got the Kanye word. I mean, if no other reason, it's the Kanye word that you got to go for Titan right now. I trust on that. And again, you know, it's Moose Boy and it's no Kanye. My brother, thank you again. Mi gente, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate the heck out of you guys supporting Comic Crusaders. Visit the website, comiccrusaders.com. That intro tells you everything you got to do. You know, get that phone, get them apps and do everything. But most importantly, support independent comics and amazing creators like Norm. All right? That's what you got to do. Ain't that right, Norm? That's exactly right. Thank you for having me on again. The first time didn't put you off. Nah, but listen, you. this is your casa. You're welcome back anytime. And that goes for any independent creator with a fire project out there. 
This is your home. Come on over. Mega got you. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Wepa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 